Welcome back, everybody, to episode four of the Chronic Sisters podcast. You are listening to Jess, who can do an intro this week, and her co-host, Sean. Well You're done. welcome. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Take one of day two without Bundy. You're welcome. Yeah, so if anyone uh, catched up on our Instagram, uh, you would know that this is the second time we've tried to record this episode because our previous attempts was um, sabotaged by Bundy and his very vocal breathing and tippy-tappy feet. <laughs> and talking and, yeah. And just general lot. nuisance. So um, we have got a babysitter for him tonight. Um, thank you, Mama Swanson. And... Uh, we take two and we're, get, we're doing well so far, which is great. Better than last time. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> love that for us. So thanks for listening, team. Thanks for all the support once again. We really love that friendship episode. I said to Sean, I think it's probably my favourite so far. Mm, yep. um, and we're excited to get into this week's episode. Yeah, so this week's episode, I think we're doing like a heavy, light, heavy, light kind of combo. So this week um, is going to come with another trigger warning for our community. We just want to put it out there that today's um, topic, which you may have seen on our Instagram, is going to be talking about body image. And obviously that can cause some negative emotions and psychological effect for some of our community. So we want to just put a little bit of a trigger warning out there. Maybe listen to it with a support person, maybe do it in chunks, or maybe not listen at all for this one. And that's totally fine. We just want you to look after yourselves um, because we know that this topic can um, trigger a lot of people um, in a multitude of ways. So we want you to look after yourselves mainly. And I was trying to look after Sean here and I just made her a lovely warm cacao drink. And you know... I believe that a lot of yogis use this and spiritual people to open the heart and soul up. And I thought, create a safe space, Jess, and nourish your soul sister. And she is an ungrateful bitch um, who hates it. Look, all I can say is it's a warm cup of dirt with flakes of cacao and coconut with a level, a layer of oil on top. And it honestly looks like Shrek would eat it. And I'm not, I'm not for it. Well, I've, I've drunk my own and my heart is open. Well, my heart is generally open anyway, and I appreciate the effort, but I'm being honest with you. It tastes foul and I would not give it to my dog. Um, but, you know, if it works for you, it works for you, babe. That kind of sits with the turmeric tea in my book. That can stay I there. I offered you one of those Yeah, two. I didn't want that either. You can keep that. Thank you very much. Anyway, so back to the topics. Um, So obviously our our flow is normally for a fun fact follow-up and you've guessed it, I've got one for you. Um, So I said last topic um, that I talked about the Nemo, Finding Nemo bubbles fish and then said it was a crab. I've been corrected by um, my sister. um, Thank you, Fionn. That the bubbles fish is called bubbles and the crab is actually a shrimp with a French accent called Jacques. So I just wanted to clear that up for all my Pixar fans out there. I'm so sorry, but I have a fun fact follow-up and I'm so embarrassed. Join the club, mate. You said you'd never be here, but here you are. Go for gold. The mic's yours. I'm here and I'm lying. I'm so sorry. I said that Dr. Hannah Carell was a neuropsychiatrist and in fact, she is a neuropsychologist. My apologies, Hannah, if you're listening, which I hope you are, slash I think you might be. (laughs) So I'm so sorry about that. So she felt very bad about that. I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, I'm so sorry, Hannah. (laughs) But welcome to the Fun Fact Follow-Up. It's a safe space and I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. You're welcome. Drinky cacao. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. 
Moving swiftly along to the actual topic. So we're going to be talking about body image and um, how it affects us and how your chronic illness can affect your um, body image and your connection with your body. And we put the question out there to our community and you were all very responsive. And thank you so much for taking the time to write your responses. It's um, super nice to see you guys interacting with us and we really appreciate it. Um, But we will touch on a lot of your responses during the episode so we wanted to do first some research about body image because it's not just the superficial image that you see your body in so Jess actually did some research about the different types yeah and there's actually four aspects of body image which I didn't really realize yeah no me neither um so it's broken down into four different components so component one is your perceptual aspect of your body image so that's the way in which you see yourself the second is the effective so the way in which you feel about how you look The third is the cognitive, so the thoughts and the beliefs you actually feel about your body. And the fourth is the behavioral, so the things you do in relation to your body image. So I thought that was a nice way to break it up um, and show that it's actually quite a complex, huge, huge component of us every day. And it it can be broken up into lots of little bits and we've definitely been affected Mm. by it in all those little different bits. Yeah, 100%. It's quite a nice way to break it up and think about it. Yep. So yeah, that that's a bit about that. And Sean did some research actually about um, a university that's doing a study at the moment, but I'll let her fill you in on that. Yeah, so Bradley University in Illinois in America is actually doing a research project about body image and people with disability, um, chronic illness and non-formative bodies. Um, and it's looking into how society portrays a certain image of a body that is acceptable, which is functional, Um, sporty, active, fit, um, all of those things that can not necessarily come very easily to those that are in um, a non-formative body or have a chronic illness or are um, classes disabled. And it was actually really interesting that they actually broke down the terminology of disability. So the CDC actually states that disability is any condition of the body or mind, which is an impairment that makes it more difficult for the person with the condition to do certain activities, which is an activity limitation, and interact with the world around them, which is a participation restriction, which can fall into so many chronic illnesses if you think about it. Like, I know that previously in my life, I've always tried to push past the label of being disabled or having a disability, but it actually reflects so much more clearly on the struggles that we face day to day. And we don't actually give it enough credit because for those of us that have invisible chronic illnesses, it feels like you can't actually carry that label fairly because you don't portray that image that society wants a disabled person to look like. Um, And that's not to say that those that are physically disabled have it easier. And that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just, it's a whole package that needs to be unpacked and it doesn't fit neatly in the society that we're in right now. But yeah, it was just really interesting that they broke that down as part of their research. And it's estimated that in 2002, 10% of the world's population, which is about 650 million people, were classed as disabled. And then in 2011, 
that went up to 15%, which is one over 1 billion people are in that category, which is a lot of people. And yet we aren't in the forefront of the media, in social media, in um, modeling projects, in just the general conversation. It is very streamlined and siloed, which is crazy. And I think it's another reason why we decided to do this. Absolutely. And everyone's like, oh, girls, you've tapped into an area that's not spoken about. But there's, like Sean just said, millions, billions of people yeah. living with disabilities. And, and we're not talking about it. It seems ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane that it's a taboo subject. And it's insane that we don't feel comfortable talking about our body image and how it affects us and how our mainstream media makes us feel that we're inadequate or that we're different or that we don't fit in. And that's, that's well, I'm just assuming, but that's my general feeling of how I felt growing up with a chronic illness in today's society yeah, and pressures of looking good or looking a certain way and acting a certain way. And it's just insane to me. And I think having the conversation is the start of a journey that is going to be past us. It's not, it's not going to be fixed in our generation. We just need to make it more normal to talk about it so that for future spoonies, they have a bit of an easier ride than we have, Yeah, I think. Absolutely. And so I think ongoing from what Sean just said, I think we we were talking to each other about and then did some further research on ways in which having a chronic illness um, can affect your body image. And I guess for those listening who might not have a chronic illness, it's actually the, anything that really affects your body image. Like I had girlfriends reach out to me and said uh, they've never felt the same way about their body after a traumatic C-section mm. or a horrendous birth or a horrible scar from a surgical repair and it wasn't a chronic condition and they're okay now, but they're still living with the trauma of that and it really affects their body image. Mm. And so it, it doesn't have to be something that you're still battling with every day, but you might still be battling the body in- image component of something you actually have experienced. Yeah. So number one on the list was style. So your style, it goes out the window. Flippy flappy out the window, gone. When you have a chronic illness. And I think Sean and I, we both can relate to this one. Oh, yeah, 100%. And the second one was that you stop thinking about your aesthetics because healthy people never think about their colon or their spine. Let's be <laughs> honest, they don't. Yeah, nah, for and sure. so Sean and I, like I know for myself, clothes, I have quite a big anxiety around clothes and... I never used to, and I think it's quite a recent thing again in the most recent couple of years, but I've only ever worn high-waisted things, quite tight things, and now I've realised for the endo listeners out there, that endo belly just comes and goes whenever it pleases, (laughs) and so I'm like, shit, girl, you need some flowy options for the days that you wake up and look five months pregnant, and I'm Mm. like, I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not, and like I had a recent literally, well, Sean's well, was probably like mm, 10 days ago or so, mm. I, I felt huge. Mm. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's what we're talking about this week. So yep. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be vulnerable. I felt huge. I don't weigh myself. I've never been into it, but I have scales. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I had been weighing myself more recently this year because when I was so septic and sick, I was losing a lot of weight. So I was making sure I was keeping weight on. Mm. But I haven't done that for a couple of months. I stepped on and I saw a number I was incredibly unhappy with. And the effect it had on me, rung Sean for a cry, rung mum for a cry, rung Bella for a cry. I was just like, I felt defeated. I felt 
gross. I felt ugly. I was looking to my closest friends for that reassurement that I wasn't, I live alone. So I don't have some, I don't have a partner telling me, oh, you look beautiful. I Mm. just went into instant self-hate and it was, it's, it was horrible. Yeah. And I empathize so much with the people who battle with eating disorders because I was like, holy hell, this feeling of feeling so low. And it wasn't till my girlfriends and my mum had to say, Jess, your body is recovering. Like, yeah. You've tried to die a couple of times. You've had a really rough year. You were exercising all the time. You're not back at your normal strength Mm-mm. and it's okay. Anyway, a week later, it did look like a highly dramatic moment and it wasn't a horrible endo flare up mm. and it wasn't anywhere near as bad, but I was, I put so much pressure on myself and I was so nasty to myself, mm. but it's just, it's all a part of the chronic illness. And on that day, I should have gone, fuck, bad endo belly, put something flowy on. But instead, I really, I, I beat myself for it. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done that. So for me, style, I, I can't predict what I'm going to look like yeah. each morning. And it's horrible. And some people, you know, I, I've spoken to girls that have been asked if they were pregnant before with an endo belly. And that's a huge trigger again, because for a lot of endo sufferers, fertility is a huge thing. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to carry a child. That's something I battle with at the back of my mind on a regular. But I'm sure Sean and I will probably cover a family planning topic one day yeah, for sure. but that is in the back of my mind so my confidence and stuff is completely affected by that so clothes for me is a big one and I know Sean has a similar experience with clothing yeah and for me, yeah so for for me as well because my chronic illness is obviously Marfan syndrome so my physical body does look a bit different and growing up was really hard in that I looked very different clothes didn't fit I've got very long arms very long legs, very skinny limbs. And because of my scoliosis as well, my torso hasn't grown properly. So my spine was fused when I was eight years old. So my torso hasn't actually grown since then. So my proportions are way out. They are not marked on any proportionate chart anywhere and we kind of we actually had a joke about it last week because when we record and sometimes on instagram we cut little snippets of our video for you guys to see so sean has like she just said quite a tiny torso Mm, tiny torso on the other hand i have an incredibly long torso because plot twist i've got an extra vertebra and it's bigger than all my other ones i've got an l6 you're only meant to have five lumbar you're welcome anyway I have a really, really long torso, so mm. I can't buy jumpsuits, fun fact, because I get a wild cam wow, like <laughs> full-blown cam toe, so I can't wear it. So when we record, I look like a really long bitch, and Sean sits on a pillow. I still, <laughs> I have to sit on a cushion because I look like a child sat at an adult's table. But when we stand up, we're the same height. <laughs> it's because I'm all leg like a giraffe. And I'm just all spine. Yeah. <laughs> so we balance out is what we're trying to say, but we hide it well. You adapt. And I think that's a very key thing as well. For me, especially growing up, my experience has been that I've had to learn to adapt to fit in. And it's, it has been a troublesome journey with my body image I can quite easily say I have hated my body more times than I've liked it in my life and I wish that I didn't but I do and it is a continual battle that I have to deal with now even as a 29 year old um 
prime example, I cancelled my anniversary dinner yesterday um, at a fancy restaurant because none of my nice dresses would fit me and I felt like I would stick out and I couldn't go. So I had to stay home and Zach, my partner, is amazing and he was super supportive and he made our evening an evening for us where I was comfortable and I will love him for that forever. But it just shows you that even if you are working on yourself, you're still going to have days where those little demons in your brain win and that's okay. And it's about leaning on the people around you um, and actually nominating that it's it is what it is and it's a tough decision and a tough discussion but you need to have them because if you don't it will continually get worse so body image for me I was actually really reluctant to do this episode because I do not have a good relationship with my body and I never have because it has failed me many times and it causes me no end of pain which I'm sure you can relate with in that you feel like your body is against you daily. Yeah, and Sean and I were saying, like, we've actually been quite in sync with the, the last couple of days of our pain yesterday and Tuesday. And today we've both not been amazing with our pain. And we, we were worried to do this episode because we were worried that we wouldn't be able to put a in the energy and yeah. the vibes that we want to give you all the time because we were both feeling quite flat, quite yeah. sore. And, I mean, I did reach out to cacao and crystals. <laughs> so I, I am open to everything at the moment because the hard drugs weren't helping us, neither yeah. were the hot packs that I currently have stuck yeah. to my shoulder. So, you know, it, it, it was hard. And it, like Sean said, there are those demons and we were super self-conscious bit insecure a bit nervous about this episode because we have been for example mad at our bodies all week so mm. topically doing this episode we were like felt very raw you bodies <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. hate you but yeah. go on let's talk about it yeah let's talk about it anyway but it's true and that's that's another thing that's why we decided that we would push through is because the reality of being in with a chronic illness is that you do not know how you're going to wake up you do not know what the day is going to bring you, but you have to keep going. And I think that was the next thing on the list of ways in which chronic illness does affect your body image. It was that we lose trust in our bodies. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it, our bodies cause us anxiety because we never know what the day is going to bring. We, we literally kind of live on the edge of how will I feel about myself today? Mm. And I have days where I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I feel good. I look great. Mm. that's amazing and then I have days where I'm like oh my god I don't even want to leave the house mm. and just the anxiety of not being able to trust your body and I guess because we both have been through so much medically and surgically we kind of we get pissed off our bodies let us down yeah and they let us down frequently and what you guys said to us in on our Instagram thing was that your biggest issues for majority of people who messaged us was a feeling of a disconnect mm. with your body because and uh, there was a a lot of a lot of um, people said to us the morning of kind of grieving the loss of what your body could potentially do if you didn't have your limitations. Yeah, like you're so harsh on yourself. 
but then you're harsher because you're like, well, if I didn't have this problem, I could do this better. Yeah. I could exercise more. I could be stronger at the gym. I could do this. I could do that, but I can't because of my illness. So then you go back to resenting your body. Yeah. And it's part of, it's a part of a grief process as well. So like you have to go through a grieving process of what you assumed your body would be and even for those people that their chronic illnesses happen later in life or post an event they have to grieve the life they once had so like one of our listeners has had a brain bleed and pre-bleed was a triathlon and now triathlete doll she did triathlon oh yeah no she wasn't (laughs) she wasn't the race herself she did them she often often yeah. she was a triathlete thanks for the pickup sister no worries no fun fact follow up no, there thanks for Save catching that one thank you so much she did triathlons was the sentence that i yes. should have gone with thank yeah, you yeah. but now since her brain bleed and post um issues she can no longer do that and that was a huge part of her identity so uh, going through that traumatic experience of having to deal with her body failing in inverted commas of her brain bleed putting her at risk she then had to heal from that and then had to grieve her life that she used to have and kind of figure out who she was afterwards and a lot of our identity is what we love and who we are as a person and to have your body take that away from you is a really hard pill to swallow it's horrible and like this year once after my first endo up before all of the complications that you would have heard in episode two, um, I was so desperate to get back to dancing Mm. because I'm a dancer and that's what I do. And that's a huge part of my identity. And when they were like, Oh, we don't kind of don't really recommend that for six weeks. I was like, Oh, No, that's Mm. not going to work for me because for me, my identity and my relationship with my body, that's when I really appreciate and enjoy my body is when I'm dancing. Yeah. So if I can't do that, that's not going to work. And I actually went back earlier than I should have. Oops, I didn't the second time. I learned once I was nearly dead. But missing out on a huge part of your life for your body Mm. again I started resenting my body yeah like why the fuck is this happening to me I just want to be dancing twice a week like I did pre-puberty yeah pretty much like that's what I want to be doing and my body's stopping me so that was really hard to accept and a bit like our mate that's it's is a huge part of her and what she's known for and her relationships, her friendships, a bit mm. like me. And you, and you miss socializing with those people and everything because your body's letting you down. Yeah. So that sucks. And then you have to look after your body. Yeah. So that thing that you're, that's driving you crazy, you actually then have to look after it, which that's not very thankful. Like I am with my cacao drink. Not very thankful. You're not. <laughs> that's but that's, so that's what it is. And it's, it feels like your life's unfair because everything is a challenge and the one thing that you want you can't get and it's your body that's stopping you and like that's the physicality of it but even from a superficial aspect like for me when I had my cardiac surgery it was actually the first time that I could see people recognize my scar so like post-operatively nowadays they don't put a dressing on when they do a um what's it when they go through the um there's a thoracotomy no, that's through your ribs, sweetie. And like an open chest, a sternotomy. Sternotomy, yep, thank yeah. you. Um, so they go through the... So I have like a zipper scar that goes yeah. from the top of my like 
clavicle area, area yeah. right down to like the end of my ribs and they leave that open they don't put a dressing on it well they didn't when i did mine but yeah and now it doesn't really matter it, doesn't matter. it was see-through you could like see it a, yeah you could see it one. yeah so you could see the the blood the stitches and it was the first time that i could actually see people in public recognize my scar whereas my previous scar like if we were at the beach or at the pool is on my back so I can't see people gawping at it but when I had my cardiac surgery I was also 16 when I had my first cardiac surgery I can notice when you're looking at me especially when it's staring at my chest as a 16 year old in a wheelchair being pushed around a Walmart I can see you dude I can see you lady like yes I have a scar Thank you for making me feel super uncomfortable. And because of those experiences and those people who do that, prob- I'm, I'm sure most of the time without the nasty intention behind it, but it affects the way in which you see yourself and dress yourself yep. forever because of those traumatic experiences, you cover up more. Yeah. You, you are less inclined to wear low cut things. Yep. Like I was saying before to Sean, I don't, I've swapped everything to high waisted now because my belly button from these multiple surgeries this year. I hate it. It's the ugliest thing. I, it's, I currently am fighting with my belly button often. And I have swapped all my bathers. I have swapped my underwear. Who sees me in my knickers when I live alone with my fucking dog? No one. <laughs> but I wear high-waisted knickers even under my scrubs now. I made my mum post-surgery buy me – oh, my God, they're from Kmart. I mean, I love them, but <laughs> you need to get them in your life. They're so soft. But mum swapped all my knickers to high-waisted ones because I was so insecure about my belly button. And now I think it looks like a car parking coin slot oh that you put your God. coins in to get your ticket out. And it's just like a long, <laughs> deep hole with – what they promised me would be a cute cross. It's not. It's not even. It's not straight. It's keloided and it's not a vibe. And I've tried multiple scar creams, but if you have any more, slide into my DMs because <laughs> I'll try anything. But it does. The you, the way in which you start to view yourself changes and affects everyday things. Hence, I'm currently wearing high-waisted knickers right now. No one can see them. But that's for me. And I completely can empathize with Sean and her cardiac ch- and stenotomy site. Because it does affect you every day. A hundred percent. Like I was, when I was in school, um, we had to do dance and PE and you had to do it barefoot. And one guy said, my toes look like fingers. So now I don't wear flip flops. What an asshole. Yeah. I don't wear open toe shoes. Nothing. Because my toes look like fingers. Well, all my toes go inwards because of point and I have really ugly toes and I just have a toe phobia so I'm with your sister <laughs> yeah I don't well, wear anything open toe no, ever. no open toes no nothing and uh yeah that's because a kid in PE said that my toes look like fingers what a fuck with yeah I wonder what he's doing now don't know probably still in the same town that we grew up in <laughs> <laughs> but he has ugly toes now too well and it's the thing like when I was at school I don't know if anyone's watched again a cartoon Jess so you'll probably block your ears you won't know um recess from Disney no nah? it was about um kids in the playground oh, anyway sounds kind of familiar but again anyway I can't um, promise anything so I am a tall b lanky c wear glasses d I was quite academic in school um, and there's one character in Recess called um, Gretchen and she's the nerd, like the science geek in the group and uh, people used to shout that at me in the corridors that I look like Gretchen 
and it used to torment me for a long time until I took my power back and I dressed up as Gretchen for a fancy dress party <laughs> and won best dress. So thank you very much. You can see that video, uh, that photo on my Instagram if you scroll down. We'll it's, get you to we'll, put it on. Yeah, ours. we'll put it on the um, the group one. So you're a lot, and I love yeah, it. and I just took my power back on that one because uh, I won. So. But yeah, it, it, it can really traumatize you. And, you know, I have to pump myself up to wear shorts because people throughout my life have shouted or whispered, which is probably worse, um, that I'm super anorexic and, oh my gosh, look how skinny that girl is. When I was at uni walking through um, the cafeteria, I was like, sick. And then that then connected in that I must eat lots of food so I must eat lots of food to prove that I'm not mm-hmm. anorexic. And then I can't go to the toilet soon after because then people think and that I'm bulimic. bulimic. Yeah. And I think that's another huge thing, the way in which when we did a lot of research, it came up often too. But the way in which your chronic illness affects your body image, the way in which you see food mm. completely changes for a lot of people. Yep. So, I mean, you just mentioned one example of that. Two, obviously, we know that Shan's on warfarin. We've spoken about that and her dietary requirements. Yep. My endo, I also had some wild parasites, which I forgot to tell you all, but I had that. And so pretty much, uh, this is an open forum. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be raw. Open and honest. Um, It was actually in year 12 when it started. I started to shit all the time. Mm. Like all the time. And everyone said I was stressed because, again, I was very academic doing six TE, ATAR, whatever you want to call them, subjects. And I was studying a lot and everyone just said I was stressed. Um, I wasn't. Well, I mean, I was stressed when you 12. Definitely stressed. I was definitely stressed. That wasn't their issue. But that wasn't my issue. It all started when I got back from Bali. So, I mean, you put two and two together. I don't know. Anyway, I had multiple scopes and I battled this for... Probably, God, I don't know. I think, I think I went to I went to Sydney for treatment, and that was probably three years ago. So yeah, it wasn't long ago. No, so for probably seven years, I battled with living on gastro stop, thinking mm. that this was normal. But my relationship to food changed because no one was giving me answers. I didn't know what was going on. I had scopes. I had done everything. So it was, we'll try the gluten-free diet, try the FODMAP diet, try the dairy-free diet, try the sugar-free diet, try the caffeine diet, try no alcohol. So my relationship with my body, I was so angry because I didn't want to be that girl that was fussy and mm. all of those things. And my the way I looked at food, I don't look at labels. I don't look at calories. I don't, that's not the kind of gal I am. Mm. And so when I had to start doing that, I was like, oh, my God, this chronic illness is taking over every part of my life. Like yeah. I can't even enjoy food. Yeah. And so I, I struggled with that a lot. But anyway, I went to Sydney and pretty much they put me under an anesthetic and they shot antibiotics and antivirals up my butthole um, into my bowel loops to kill these two parasites. Diantamoeba and Blastocystis are their formal names, but as I called them for 10 years, Daz and Baz. And... <laughs> And we killed Daz and Baz. We had actually killed Baz once with oral and IVs and he came back. Bazza. We killed Daz once and he came back and then they both came back. And so anyway, went to Sydney under the Centre of Digestive Diseases. Highly recommend if anyone's got parasite issues and they fully believed me, fully validated me and shot my butt with stuff and for a couple of days and mum and I 
went over for a little butthole cleanse and I've been a new gal ever since. However, I still can't eat gluten for multiple reasons. One, for endo. It's a huge inflammatory, uh, what, what inflammatory, I don't know. It, it, it causes promotes, in, pr- yeah, it causes promotes in, inflammatory. Yeah, it causes increased inflammation. What, however, you want to say it. And um, my scope kind of looked like a pre-celiac picture, so they were like, "Oh, it's not looking good." And then celiac being allergic to gluten. Yeah, yep. And so because of the endo, because of that, because apparently my little parasite Daz and Baz, they kind of grew with gluten and fed oh, off gluten. Yep, yep, yep. why I was getting sicker. Yep. So all this kind of came to light. So I've never actually been able to dive back into gluten. So that's I'm back eating everything else. I do know there's things that trigger me, like I'll pay for it if I eat it, but I'm not not going to eat it. <laughs> and gluten has just been out of my life for ten years now, so mm. I don't miss it. And but it was it was a really hard period of my life where I'm trying to find myself, trying to get through uni and people like just fucking stop eating everything and you might be okay. And I was still, you know, having to take gastro stop three times a day just yeah. to get through like a TE exam. Like, and unfortunately that is my life and endo causes a lot of those problems. And we've since found endo all over my bowel and that's why I have ongoing issues. But my relationship with my body and the way in which I view view food really really changed yeah and yeah a bit like Sean she has to make decisions every day too like decisions that Sean makes to the food that she's going to eat it's going to affect her blood levels and she has to deal with those consequences too so it's something you kind of have to be vigilant with yeah and 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 if you let it go it's just a very slippery slope (laughs) and it's a hard to climb back up and it's you and it wasn't until I had my stroke that I realized how detrimental those dis- not making those decisions properly and those people are like oh just say eat a little bit you'll be right you'll just be have fine a just bit. have a little bit it's just a little bit like, in it i will shit myself while i talk to you if yeah, i, eat I a can bit. literally die yeah like yeah, I'll have a stroke. <laughs> yeah i don't want spinach please thank you uh please and i don't want cranberry thank you very much all that grapefruit you can put that back on the shelf although i do used to love orange and cranberry juice oh Miss that. Juice box, Sean, back everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, the juice box I was having, Like I said, I was having a bad day yesterday and I was like, do you know what will fix this? A juice box. So I had a juice box. Oh, I was like, this will solve time. everything. You should have had cacao. Absolutely not. <laughs> that fixes nothing. It only creates issues because I've got this coating in my mouth and it's like dusty. It's yummy. It's creamy. It's like, do you know what that is like? It looks like a beautiful hot chocolate, but it's it's the same feeling that you get when you eat a blueberry muffin thinking it was a chocolate chip one. Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I'm so offended. That's, I'm sorry, but it's truth, sister. I'm it's so the truth. But I, I know this, I just feel like I'm just complaining about my body because that's all I really do when I think about my body image. But at the back of my brain, the logical side of me or the one that's like, think positively, Sean, is like my body has, although it has failed me in inverted commas, it's also brought me through many struggles. So it's like it, being able to change that mindset of like, yes, it sucks right now, but my body has actually been able to get me through those things. And even though I may not be able to do everything, I'm still able to do the things that I do love and that I have my friends and family. I'm able to work. I'm able to do this podcast with you. And there's moments in our lives that we're like, actually, my body's 
okay. Like it gets me through. It's functioning to the best of its ability. But it's that idea that there's this perfection image that unless you're achieving that, you're subpar. Yeah. And look, Sean's just told me off, off air, everyone. But Sean was saying, just like she said, you feel like you strive for that image of perfection and you you want to be better. And I said on, I don't know, episode one maybe, that often my way of coping is if I feel shit on the inside is to like treat yourself on the outside. And so that's why I dyed my hair after episode one, after di- nearly dying of the glanch, you mm. know. But I just said to Sean. Looks beautiful. Thanks. It's, it's old now. So I'm, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm over it. And so I said to Sean, you know, my pain's not been good. I haven't been feeling myself. I've been feeling a little bit chunky. I'm just not, I'm just not my best self. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Sean that I was like, I'm going to get eyelash extensions. Like, yeah, it's going to make me feel amazing. First Sean of all, goes- first of all, no, I'm going to interrupt you there, sister, because everyone needs to know the backstory. The last time she got eyelash extensions, she hated them. And then... The place that she's going on holiday is camping. Continue the story. Yeah, I know. So she, I thought, no, I was going to be honest and say that Sean reiterated to me that I've had them once, maybe twice in my life, to which I hated them and got them for an event. But I was like, but I just want to make myself feel nice, you know? I think... You're camping. Yeah, but like, I'll look cute when I'm camping. Who are you camping with? My mum, my dad, and my brother. That yeah. doesn't matter. I'll still look cute for myself. You, yeah, you look cute without them. Yeah, but I wouldn't have to even take makeup there. Why would you take makeup camping? I don't know. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. You, look, you do you, babe, but I just think it's a waste of money. But the tax, my tax return will pay for it. Look. And I also want to get my eyebrows retattooed. Katie, please, we need to book that in. I know, I know you said it's not necessary, but again... It's the way I cope, sister. I'm here so. to support you, mate. So whatever you need to do, but I just think it's a waste of money and the the like um, money-saving gremlin in me is like, don't do it. But the way in which I see my body and improving my body image is like, yes, bitch, do it. Yeah, but then are you just feeding into the societal norm? I am, norm? I okay, am, yep. I am. And now I have a skincare regime and I've never had one of them either. Bloody fucking Bella and Georgia, honestly. But honest, it makes me feel a bit better. Really? Yeah, I think it masks how crap my insides are. Okay. And I know I hate when people say you look good and I feel like shit, but also I'm like, do I? Do I look okay. good? <laughs> I don't feel look, it. you're saying one thing and giving I know, another. It's been, I'm so sorry. It's been such a wild week. <laughs> it's confusing <laughs> at the best of times. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's okay though, but it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing. It's a battle. Like I said, it it's a daily battle and some days you just need to do what makes you happy. And if getting eyelashes to go camping makes you happy, girl, you do it. And, but also in saying that, I have I go through phases of my life of having hair extensions, mm. but that is because I'm masking a real medical issue here. So yes. I've got terrible psoriasis and terrible scalp psoriasis. It was so bad um, in uni that I would sit towards the back of the class or the lecture room or the tute room because the back of my neck at one point was so bad that every time I would move my head forward or back, it, it would split and bleed and I lost large patches of hair. It spread down my face towards my eyebrows. It was all over my ears. And I at one point went to a doctor because I wasn't sure if I was developing alopecia. Um, anyway, it was really, really, really bad. I saw many a specialist 
and my I ended up getting extensions to try and like fill my hair out for volume and just cut it to my hair length so once my ex left and I went through a shitty time I got rid of them because I was like I'm not here to impress anyone and so I got rid of them let my hair have a break but recently it's my psoriasis flared back up again Mm -hmm. I think with being so unwell and being sick and my body recovering and being stressed with work and the shitty weather I find summer it's much more manageable but the last, the recent months, it's been really bad again. So I've put them back in mm. my hair. My hairdresser is amazing. She supports me entirely. But of course she does. But like for me, I do that to mask my significant psoriasis, which no one would probably know. But at the moment, it's really bad and it's coming down my forehead. And I had a large anxiety attack about it yesterday. But yeah, for me, that's another huge thing when I when I wake up in the morning and if I haven't like brushed my hair the right way, I can see like a little balding patch on the left side from where I've had a significant psoriasis flare up. And I can't tell you how shit I feel about myself. Like when mm. I see that, like it's, oh, that's, 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 that's what I think about. It's probably actually my biggest insecurity. It's probably my hair more so than the belly button, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think, and you can't hide your hair. I can hide mm, my belly button. Yep. I mean, the extensions have helped a bit, but. Yeah, I feel that's another huge thing. I battle every day. Yeah. And like I went through a stage of like self-defamation or self-punishment and I would follow all of these seemingly beautiful people on Instagram and I would purposely look at their pages to make me feel bad about myself. And it's this comparative world that we live in that we have to constantly compare to the societal norm. And I would actually make my I would choose to make myself feel bad and look at these people and be like I will never be like that I am worthless that's literally how I felt that's really sad sister I know and and it got to a point that again I had to seek um psychological help for it and I'm still doing that and so it is a really raw real deal of a battle and I do not have a great relationship with my body at all because of the pressures of the bullying because um I didn't I don't feel attractive in my body because it looks so different and I completely can empathize with that I do not feel attractive in my body I think that's actually quite important to put out there that we have these feelings too that Mm. a lot of people battle these feelings and my a huge aspect of my life which we'll do another whole episode on is, but for me and my relationship with my ovaries, my womb, my pelvic floor, I, I hate, like it's a strong word, but I hate my pelvic floor and the pain that it causes me. And so now I'm too scared to date. I don't want to open up about that part of me. Mm. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel sensual because that part of me has always failed me. Mm. So why do I want to give that to someone else? Because it's shit, doesn't work. It causes me a lot of pain, forces me to open up. Am I going to find someone that's patient enough to put up with it? Well, look, it's been a couple of years. It hasn't worked out so far. (laughs) Like, you know, like I hate that part of my body. Mm. And, you know, I know, like I said before, about a few friends that have had traumatic C-sections or births and they also develop that mm. 
that loathe for a part of them and it does affect their relationship and stuff. And you have to look at how beautiful their bodies are and that they're able to feed and mm, grow, grow a child. Yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing, but we're so bloody harsh on ourselves. Oh, we're the worst. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really hard. Yeah, it's, it, to the point that, like, uh, you know, we'll talk about relationships in another an episode, but to touch on it, my lack of um, supportive relationship with my own body I did not believe that my now partner of three years would ever date me. Three years yesterday. <laughs> three years yesterday. It was our anniversary. I told you about that. Um, not need to brag. But I, at the beginning of our relationship, I had a very frank discussion with him. And I was like, I don't believe that someone like you, who is super fit, super ripped, got a six pack, all that jazz, amazing person, intelligent, funny, musical, like everything you could ever want for me at least. Um, I was like, uh, when's the punchline coming? I could not believe that someone like him, so patient, um, so open, so caring, would actually find someone like me attractive. I was like, there is no way you should be with me. I said that to him. We were. <laughs> he was like, what are you? What are you? What do you mean? I was like, uh, look, I get it. We've had a good time. However, you don't. You don't fit with me. Like, look at you. Look at me. You know, you know, in um, what's that movie with um, Emma Stone and um, the really hot guy? And they, oh, Ryan, Crazy yeah, Stupid Love. Yes. You're and welcome. She's like, it's not a cartoon. Yes, so I'm here for you're it. here for that. And when she's like, come on, like, you're photoshopped. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. That's the moment that I had, right? Because I could not fathom the idea that someone would find me attractive do you know what one one person has told me previously we i went to uni games and it was like a big party and everyone kind of gets with each other whatever it's a long story it's a wild time everyone's drinking it's fun and then we play sports somewhere in between however on the post party like when we got back to perth one of the guys came up to me and was like hey sean i was like what's up he goes yeah we were talking as in me and the boys and a lot of them would have got with you, but they're scared they were going to break you because you're so skinny. So, you know, what am I supposed to do with that information? I hate men. Oh, honestly. I was like, cool. That makes me feel totally top notch. Speaking of that, on that same trip, walking down the street in um, South Australia, in uh, Adelaide, some random guy across the road feels that it's appropriate to shout over the road at me Go and eat a burger. I hate men. Horrendous. Burst into tears, went home, didn't go out. Awful. Why are people so nasty? I know, the worst. The Listen worst. to episode three, how to be a good mate. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so, and, and that's the, those are the experience that you remember and that they, they, they push your decision making. So I don't want to wear that because I'm going to look too skinny. I don't want to wear that. Because one time someone said this to me. Absolutely. And I do not want to live through that again. So I'm going to do everything in my power. I cannot change my body. I would absolutely return it if I could. I can't. So I'm going to cover it. I'm going to learn how to mask it. Yep. And I'm I'm never going to date again. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I've thought that too. Yeah. But Zach was amazing. and was just like, "Mm, I'm still here. Still here. Three years later, I'm still here, Sean. Still here. Still here still here (laughs) but yeah so and and it's and like I said it's a constant journey and there will be days where you'll be like do you know what I'm gonna live positively because I know that I should that's I know that I should 
but I don't actively. And I look at people who are just like totally wholesome, totally themselves, 100% into their being. And I'm so envious of that. Yeah. To totally accept whatever they are, whoever they are, whatever they bring, they see value in whatever they have. And I envy that so much to not think twice about yeah, anything. anything. Yeah, I know. To com- be completely okay in oneself is probably the biggest goal in life. Yeah, and to be happy with every part of you. Yeah, 100%. I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being that. No. I strive to be that. 100%. But I don't, I can't see that happening, unfortunately. Yeah. Anytime soon. But the thing is, though, like I said, when I say I look at people, even people that you think are like that are not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, for example. But people probably think that about us, to be honest, because we come across as quite loud, funny. Trauma reaction. Funny. Yeah. Trauma reaction. Yeah, but but people are like, oh, like you and Sean are so bubbly, so nice, so fun, but they don't see what we deal with behind closed doors by ourselves. Because it's the the mask that we have learned to put on to cover the very heavy, very dark underneath. And this podcast apparently brings that out yeah. in us. <laughs> so we dark. lose friends. Yeah, so sorry, everybody. <laughs> They're miserable. Get rid of them. <laughs> okay. But it, it, it is, but like I spoke to my sister about this, right? So I look at my sister and I'm like, she is beautiful. She is everything that I would want in a person. She is stunning but her herself she also has her hang-up so she grew up with really terrible eczema all over her legs her hands it even changed her career she was going to be she was an amazing hairdresser but the chemicals around it just burnt her hands to smithereens and she had to change careers but that influences her dressing decisions so she would never wear short skirts because boys at parties again what's with the boys man why do we listen to them but we do anyway boys at parties would make comments so then she would never wear those things again and so she would always wear pants long dresses like high boots to cover that little that little um blemish on her exterior that someone else commented on once what is happening why are we so mean to Don't each other? Don't be mean to people. Don't be mean. Don't it's, be mean. It's so shit. And on that, we're going to talk about now how to improve your yeah, body image. I would love this part because I didn't research this bit. I just looked about the sad bits. So, yep. Yeah, give me well, all okay, of the here points, we go, please. Everyone. So, how to improve your body image when you have a chronic illness. And like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be something you're still dealing with. It could be anything that you are unhappy with or battle with. Any part of yourself. Don't have to be a chronic illness sufferer. No, just anyone. No. So anyone with number anything. Number one is let yourself mourn. Let yourselves have those days when you're angry and you're sad and you're frustrated, you're disappointed, you're resentful, you're allowed to have those days. And I definitely learned from our Instagram that so many of us seem to have those days. Oh, yeah. So acknowledge them. Yep. Because every day isn't going to be good. And so let yourself mourn in that. Just sit in that and... Don't don't mask it. Don't like, fight it. Don't fight. And then the next one was kind of expect ups and downs with your body. You you can't for a chronic illness sufferer. You can't change the trajectory of your illness. Mm-mm. We can't unfortunately remove. We got no control over that. No, no cure. Like Mm-mm. it's here forever. But you can change the way you experience it. Yeah, sure. 
Do you like that? I love that. Thank you. That was really Thanks. good. Thanks. Oh, wow. Wow. Next one. Yep, go. Redefine beauty. And this is what Sean was saying. Don't fucking follow all those Instagram influencers. Mm-mm. Like you are worthy of love. You are worthy of self-love. Yeah. And doing good things makes you a beautiful person. That's what I think. If you're a good human doing yeah. good things, yeah. you're a good soul. You are a beautiful soul. Yeah. It isn't what's on the out. You could be hot from the outside and a complete fucking asshole yeah. on the inside. Mm. And that doesn't make you beautiful. And it doesn't last forever either. It doesn't. And so if you are a good person doing good things, change the way you see beauty. That's a really good one. Thank you. I really like that one. You're welcome. Um, What else did I put together here? Um, Oh, yeah. Well, this is kind of the same. But challenge comparisons. So celebrate what your body is doing. Like Sean said, celebrate the things your body has got you through. Mm. So challenge the way you see that. Don't hate all the things it hasn't let you do. Yeah. Start to challenge the way and say, yeah, okay, I can't do that. But look what I can do and what I have achieved. Because your body behind closed doors, it goes through so much that others don't see. Totally. So be kind to your body. I think just be kind to yourself. It's like, it's, it's catching yourself before you're mean. And asking yourself, would I say this to someone I loved? The answer is probably no. And you probably shouldn't say it to yourself either. And on exactly following that. Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm going there. Choose who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Don't surround yourself with those dickhead boys. Mm. Listen to episode three. Think about the people who you surround yourself with and how they make you feel. Yep. You want to be surrounded by people who make you feel good about yourself because you already battle internally with your own thoughts about your body. You mm-hmm. want to be around people who make you feel shit about yourself too. Mm. You want to be around people that lift you up. So definitely yes. think about the people you spend your time with because that's they also influence the way in which you see yourself and the mm. way in which you perceive your own body. I wish that I could see myself the way my like close friends see me. Yeah, I think you're a hot bitch. Thanks, mate. No worries. And focus on what you have and not what you don't have. But we've kind of touched on that. Mm. But like when people love, I found this quote, it's really nice. I'm going to tell you. When people love what they have, they are able to see more of what they have left. Ooh. That's nice, isn't it? That is nice. I thought that was really Where did you find these? I did a lot of research. You did. I know. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. And then what else did I put on here? I just put a few other things on here. Oh, encouraging affirmations to yourself so like sean said stop yourself from being mean Mm. stop would i say this to someone else Mm. no so tell yourself something kind do you know what i did some work with my therapist about that and um we named those the the voice that was saying those things we named her stacy stacy's a bitchy name yeah so stay i don't know why i called her stacy but she's called stacy and she's a teenager Mm-hmm. and um she's just she's trying to protect me she thinks she's protecting me but um she's actually not she's just bringing us down because she's been traumatized from all of the bad stuff that people did to us me um <laughs> back when we were in school are you reading my mind because that was the last thing i wrote on my list seek support to help you change the way you perceive yourself whoa thank you therapist I didn't and even, Stacey. yeah i didn't even read that, your notes that is literally what i wrote that's you, crazy I know, that that's last but yeah that really helped me actually um, no, like identifying that it's not actually me that's saying those things. It's like past experiences that's trying to protect me, but it's actually just really hurting me and upsetting me. So just by doing that and acknowledging that it's not my actual internal monologue, side note, some people don't have an internal monologue voice. Did you know that? 
Well, I didn't till fucking last night in our group chat and I'm shook, Zach. I'm bloody shook. So surely, surely everybody else other than Zach. No. No. It's like it's literally no, proven that it, people don't have an internal do monologue. You, if you're listening, do you talk to this? I talk to myself all the time. There all the is time. never silence. All the time. Like even when I'm doing a wee, I'm talking to myself, telling myself I'm yep. doing a wee. Like I don't ever shut up. And Zach, it's just silence in his head. But he just thinks a thought. Poof. Just a thought. But it's actually proven that a percentage of the population don't have an internal monologue. So I, I tell you what, we'll do we'll do a um a poll. A poll on Instagram and we'll see. But people do not have some people don't have an internal chitter chatter. That is so it's strange. Wild. No, I'm sure they couldn't podcast because we just think so much shit all the time. Yeah. That's why we could just talk all the time. Yeah. But I also think it's because of our career choices that we just have to That's feel true. silence. Yeah. And, and talk, talk to, to anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. <laughs> like we're really close to them because yeah. it's a very traumatic time yeah. in their life. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> but on that, be very kind to yourself. Please. And love yourself. And I, speaking of body image and self-love, I designed a little tattoo this year for my self-love reminder. I love this. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's hard to describe. It's me naked because it's that's at my raw and most vulnerable. And I've already said I'm not dating because I hate myself. And my baldy. We're working on it. We're working on it. But it's me naked in a silhouette, but my torso only, in a kind of love heart shape. And it's a reminder that I've got me through all of this recently, Mm. that I need to love myself. I need to be kind to myself. And that with everyone that's come in and out of my life for unexpected reasons, for whatever reasons, I've always... I, I have me and I need to look after me. So that's my little self-love. I love it. Reminder. It's my favourite tattoo that you've got. No, Bundi. No. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I think that one, the self-love oh. one's my favourite. I love the Bundi one, but the self-love one just gets yeah. me. Because it's got your little dimple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I did quite a good job. You did an excellent um, job. But yeah, so that's my little self-love body image because when... I take my scrubs off and I hop into the shower and I'm feeling a little bit chunky and funky or not myself or hating my psoriasis or just being hard on myself. I can't not see that. Like it's quite present. Mm. And that's my kind of check in. Stop being mean to yourself. Why did you get this? What is the message behind this, Jess? Stop and be kind. I love it. Thanks. I love it. It's really pretty. We should make everyone get them yeah should get we should make you want to be a true chronic sister oh my god that'd be cute we should make them but then i'll just look like me i'll do one of you we can like i'll draw them together yeah you need to do a crooked spine for me yeah yeah i can do that no worries (laughs) but yeah so um that was been our body image that was a really dark one i'm really sorry about that sorry any questions do you have questions for me do i have questions for you Mm, i don't know i don't think i have any questions what are you going to do um, this is homework okay. for you. Okay. What are you going to do for yourself to improve the way in which you view yourself this week? Oh, God. You put me on the spot last week, sis. It's yeah. Flying back. Yeah, flying right back at me. Yeah. Um, what am I going to do? Repeat the question. What are you going to do for yourself to improve your body image and the way in which you view yourself this week? Hmm. Do you know what I'm going to do? Drink a cow. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um... <laughs> If I do that, do I have to do the rest of the homework? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I'm not going to drink it then. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to write um, little affirmations, like you said, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put them all across my computer. Computer is good. At work. Mirror is good too. I don't like looking in the mirror. 
I know, that's why I've suggested it. <laughs> okay, I'll put one on the mirror and I'll put one on my um, computer next to the quote from um, the movie. Oh, God. I can't remember what the movie's called. Don't it's when me. the guy has like heaps of personalities in his uh, brain. Oh, God. I'm going to have to do a fun fact follow-up next week on that one. Anyway, the quote is, the broken are the more evolved. I love that. Yeah. it's But the, it, it, taken out of context, it's really good. But in context, in the movie, he's like a um, a serial killer. So like, okay, this my, is getting weird. Yeah, so out of, context, out of context, it's really good. The broken are the more evolved. Yeah. Because anything that you get through, you evolve from it. Yeah. That's the comment, and mm -hmm. that's where we're sticking with it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter where it's from. Okay. Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Is so that gonna, your quote for the week? No. Oh, I'm okay. going to put it next to that. Yeah. The positive affirmation one Good next homework. to my. I love. I'm going to do that for you, and, and I'm going to fucking check your office I know, tomorrow. I know, you I know. I know. I know. And <laughs> back and be like, where are these affirmations, bitch? Yeah. No, I definitely will. I've got different color post-it notes and everything. I'll do it. I okay. promise. I'm going to assess, and I'll get back to you all to make sure she's done her homework. Yeah, I have. I promise. Um. Question for you. No, I've got I could it. hear you. I know, all I can hear is my heart. No, I don't have a question for you this week. Thank you. Sorry, my brain's mush. No, that's fine. But I do have a quote, though, from yeah. my little book. I want to hear that from the car book. From the car book. <clears throat> Remember, you are the only person who thinks in your mind. You are the power and the authority in your world. I love that. So be kind to yourself and yeah. think kindly. And those people that don't have an internal monologue, I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know how that. you're do that. I'm so sorry. I don't have a quote for that. Sorry, Zach. You can't take <laughs> this one on board this week. All right. My one is, there is nothing more rare nor more beautiful than someone being unapologetically themselves, comfortable in their perfect imperfection. To me, that is the true essence of beauty. That is so beautiful. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. I oh, like it too. I'm going to write that on my desk. I can write it for you and okay. drop it on your desk. It'll be my present. Thank you. So on that note, guys, listen to those quotes. Mm. Take those little hot tips on board. Be kind to yourself. Mm. Remember that every day is not going to be a good day. Sit in it, but don't be nasty to yourself. Let it wash over you. Let it wash over. Stop comparing. Surround yourself with good people. Delete those Instagrams. Delete them. Don't follow them. Don't follow them. Don't follow them. It's not good. And don't hate your body for what it can't do. Celebrate it for what it can. Amen. And what it has done. Clap, 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 Thank clap, clap. You. I love I that. I'm the wise friend this you week. You are switching it up. I love it. Thank you. So, guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. And we just want to say thank you so much for listening. Obviously, again, if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about, please send them through to our Instagram. We do read all of your messages. Um, so keep them coming. And look out for our next episode and we'll throw up some hints and tips um, in the next coming what, week. what was that poll we're doing? Oh, your internal monologue. Your internal monologue. Please answer the gram because I think Zach's alone here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Loner. No, he's not. He's, it's literally been proven. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll um, see you in a week's All time. Right, take Catch care, ya. guys. Bye. Bye.